The High Regard Show. It's... The Cry Room is where your kids should be. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. We actually showed up again. Well, we didn't really have any place else to go. Yeah, well, you know, not everybody needs a place to go in order not to do their jobs. I feel like, you know, either you're really, really on your game or you're just completely off your game. At least that's the way it is with me, at least. So you don't have days where you just kind of like, eh, I'm going to I'm going to kind of mail it in today. Now, we both we're both very type A, very Yeah, either we are all in or completely out. There's never like we're going to do half the job today to make it easier for yeah. us tomorrow because we know the next day we're going to work our asses off. Yeah. Yeah, we're hard working. We're we're busy beavers. Not everybody can say that though. No, Tom. Is there anyone in particular that you're thinking of? Well, it just brings up the point of this week's show. Which is what, Tom? We are going to talk about my favorite group to talk about. This is not a racial thing. It's about millennials. <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to <laughs> to say something, but I didn't. <laughs> it's about millennials. Yes, millennials, which we are well past in our age bracket. Yeah, well, not really you so much. You're going to be pretty surprised when you see some of these stats that are going to come out. Oh, do I get, an, I get another quiz this week? We will have another quiz for you this Yay! week. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that all too familiar sound. <laughs> I actually had to cut last week's quiz from the show because you answered too many correctly and the, we just wouldn't It just have found doesn't that work. Fun. It doesn't work that well when Nikki shows that she's actually smart sometimes. No, no, no. We like we like kind of, you know. Well, just keep it math based and then I'll be able to just ask me to tell time. <laughs> We definitely prefer Donkey Nikki over like regular <laughs> Nikki for sure. Good to know. Good to know. Well, I was, you know, I, I did play the donkey in my Catholic school's nativity play, which was quite a claim to fame for many years. And then it just, the fame just picked up and went on and on. And It did. You know, I did it very method. I was very method <laughs> about it. Like the teacher wanted me to stand when we had to sing like the big final religious number. And I was like, no, I don't think I should. And she's like, well, why not, Nikki? Actually, she called me Nicole because, God forbid, you know, Catholics have a nickname. And she, <laughs> and she was like, well, Nicole, like, you have to stand. It's like whatever the religious song was. And I'm like, a donkey would not stand on two legs to sing a song. And she was like, you're not a real donkey. So I was like method acting in like sixth grade. I'm surprised you didn't just spike her clipboard out of her hand and say, well, this isn't a real play. (laughs) (laughs) Or what if I like turned around and like kicked the clipboard and was like, (laughs) and it said, how about now? (laughs) Well, you know, whatever. It's, you know, I think it's good that you committed to your role as a donkey because it set the course for your work ethic later on in life. 
I am a mule sometimes, yeah. You are definitely stubborn like a mule. <laughs> so this whole entire idea of talking about millennials this week when we were discussing like, hey, what topic should we do? Just to give you an idea of what happened. We just kind of like bounce around ideas during a week mm-hmm. and then come Friday, we hope to God we have something that's worthwhile that anybody would want to listen to. Out there. <laughs> so this week we were both sitting on the couch one night and up comes this news story from Channel 2 News, CBS in New York. CBS 2. And it was actually about millennials living in community-type environments. Yes, like almost like a dorm, one would say. Like it looked exactly like what I would imagine a dorm to look like. Actually, it is exactly what a dorm would look like. It is a dorm for just kids who graduated out of college and they just moved right like and they had bunk beds they had community rooms and like you know like oh like look at us hanging out in like the kitchen and like we're drinking wine and like oh look at us and it's like you're an adult and you're living in a dorm yes but they did make a point to say like you know this isn't a dorm like this isn't dorm living and the one kid was like What did he say? He was like... He said, we're trying to class it up because we tend to drink wine. Because nothing is classier than wine. Yes. Although they do drink wine and use the foosball table as a cocktail table. So in the end, I don't know. How classy did you get? Multifunctioning classy is what I think. And nobody really verified whether the wine was from a bottle or a box. And I feel like that kind of dictates a lot of the classy factor of wine itself i don't know because box wines now like a lot of brands have like taken to boxed wine because it's like ooh, we're being green because it's biodegradable and all that and glass is recyclable yeah i guess so i don't know i feel like that's another issue we're gonna have with a younger generation as opposed to having a wine bottle or a box of wine i feel like the box of wine is for people who can't be trusted with scissors it's like you're going to trip and fall, you're going to break the bottle, and someone's going to get hurt. So we I, have to give you a box. I do love a boxed wine. It's very economical. See, I feel like if I am going to have wine at a situation, a situation, maybe a bottle might not be a bad thing in case things heat up. They do tend to heat up with you. That's right. So you just smash that little wine bottle on the table, and then you got yourself a... And then you're like, come at me, bro. Exactly. With your beard. <laughs> always a beard. It's always a beard. What's the deal with the beards? <laughs> oh. So after watching this story... On CBS, yes. On CBS, we both kind of looked at each other and said, we're done. This is what we're going to talk about this week. It's that easy. We basically said jackpot. Pretty much. <laughs> So, this week what we had wound up doing was going through and trying to research as much stuff as we possibly could about millennials to get an idea of what we're missing on this. I get that there's, like, going to be definitely an age gap. I mean, there's so many people that, like, hate them, and then there's so many people that, like, you know, defend them. Yeah, Yeah, that, like, revere revere them, that they are, like, oh, my God, they're, like, the next leaders, and they're this. And I'm like, well, I'm sure that, like, the next leaders... Has to be a millennial. Yeah, obviously, it's going to be. You know, we'll be dead. And at that point, I don't really care what happens. (laughs) But, you know. (laughs) But it's a love-hate thing. There's really no... I don't think anybody looks at the millennials and says, like, eh, whatever. It's, It's like our work ethic. 
either we do it or we don't. You love it or you hate it. There's like yeah. no in between. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but like we're in a unique position because we've seen both the good and the bad. We did, and uh, we don't want our like listeners to think that we just hate millennials outright. I don't know, man. I feel like that's a bad thing to call somebody who works their ass off a millennial. Yeah, like it is. It does almost have like it's. It's almost like when hipster started like surfacing, and I think hipster became like I think hipster came became a thing before like millennial was like a word that everybody was talking because like I think a hipster morphed kind of into that. Like I just remember like the websites like oh look look at this fucking hipster or something like that and it was just people dressed like millennials yeah exactly <laughs> like and it was just like I remember like living in Pennsylvania and it's like looking at this and it's just like what are these people and then I just realized like oh they're Brooklyn yeah and I feel like Brooklyn was like the birthplace of the millennial although that may or may not be true right we do know where the name came from though we do. Yeah, but you won't get to know until later on in our okay. Did You Know segment. That's what we call foreshadowing in the business. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to our Did You Know section of the program, we don't we have a little You Heard? We do have a You Heard, Tom. Well, let's get right to it. theme this week. A recent thing that we overheard happened to be on the Long Island Railroad, the good old L-I-R-R. Yes. We were coming home from Long Island, hence the name, the clever name of the railroad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a clever name. Whoever named that, kudos to you. So. <laughs> you smart son of a bitch. I don't know why I'm doing an English accent, but I, I don't kinda, even I know like how it. we went off on a tangent on the LIRR just now. Do you think that I should like maybe talk in an English accent the rest of the show? No. Okay. So this girl, like, she gets on the train and she, like, they make such a big deal about like keeping sounds low and like not talking on your phone, and it's just common Who decency. Does? Like people, like on trains, like the MTA, they're oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, please don't talk, you know, on your phones, and if you do, like, please keep it low. This girl was practically screaming into her phone, and she, I don't know who she was talking to, but she says, "The Paleo startup thing. That's what I'm doing now." Mm. So she would, I don't know if she had a job because she wasn't very clear on that or if she was unemployed and then jumping into it. I think if you're unemployed, like jumping into a startup is good. I think that if you are employed, possibly jumping into a startup is pretty good. But I don't know, man. It seemed to me because I remember her saying that like she was like, oh, no, no, we decided that we weren't going to open up that place. So like it seems like she wanted to be like a restaurateur, but like. She yeah. was just jumping around, and then later, mm. later she says, and she's like, she was about like 22, 23 maybe, and she said, one of my toe rings broke, and I was so upset. Well, I mean, a toe ring, I mean, who course. wouldn't be? I mean, who wouldn't be upset about a broken toe ring? <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever remember, like, I don't know, this is me aging myself, like, anybody even giving a shit about a toe ring. Like, I think most guys don't even look at toe rings. 
Like we I don't would care. hope that no one would ever look at someone's feet. Oh, no, no, no. There are guys who would definitely look at feet, but I don't think that they're like going, oh, my God, like that's like an awesome toe ring you got going on. That's about it. <laughs> I could see them like glancing like for hands to see if somebody's married or something like that in a sure. single environment. But toe rings? Who gives a shit? And Why? who would be upset about a toe ring? Like, I remember wearing them a lot when I was a kid, like at the shore and stuff, because like you'd buy like the the seashell ones for like 59 cents or like a dollar or something at like out of like a big huge bin full of them like like you know on the boardwalk or something and it was like oh it broke well of course it's gonna break it's a shell and it's 59 cents like <laughs> a shell and a string wrap that around your toe yeah it's a ring <laughs> Ugh. so that was you heard So moving right along, why don't we talk about some things that I found in the Millennial Digest. <laughs> Millennial Digest. Actually, no, it's called the Urban Dictionary. The Same Millennial thing. Digest. <laughs> that sounds like it would be something for like the Millennium Falcon, like this month's newsletter on the Millennial Digest. Han Solo flying to Tatooine. Oh my God, yes. No, it's not going to be a thing. Right, well, I mean, okay. now, I mean, don't, I mean, you should trademark it, like, right now at this very moment. I just so, did. Okay, because I'm going to say, if you don't, you know Disney's going to just scuff that up and turn in the millennial. They're probably digest. knocking on our door right now. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they probably already, like, trademarked it and will be sued as soon as this cast <laughs> is over. But, okay, whatever, Disney, you go get your money. <laughs> so, from the Urban Dictionary, they have a couple of thoughts on millennials dealing with school. And they also have thoughts on millennials dealing within the workplace. Let's start off by seeing what the Urban Dictionary thinks of what happened to millennials in school. What happened to them? Yes. Like, did they get touched or something like that? Do you think everybody's that lucky? Oh my god. Whatever. <laughs> I meant in the hallway. What? Whatever. <laughs> Even your face didn't believe that. <laughs> no, whatever. All right. So, this is what the Urban Dictionary believes happened to millennials in school. This is like an actual excerpt from the website. Okay. All right. It said, millennials believed themselves to be highly intelligent. Their teachers constantly gave them A's in an effort to keep their moms and dads from complaining. Starting to make some <laughs> sense, huh? Unfortunately, nobody explained to them the difference between an education and a grade inflation, so they tend to demonstrate poor spelling and even poorer grammar. Interesting. So, I mean, basically, that's almost like trophy kids, but, like, even worse. Oh, we get to cover that, too, a little later on, oh, for sure. Oh, goody, because that's, like, my favorite subject. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do know that you hate trophy I hate kids. trophy kids. This is coming from a kid who probably has, like, two trophies, two little participation trophies on a shelf. How many trophies do you have? Mm, there's a couple. Mm, I don't know. I had trophies. I had, I had a softball trophy from, yeah. like... You know, not like I never played in, like, high school or anything, but it was, like, whatever you play, like, almost like the equivalent of, like, Little League. Yeah. And then I had a cheerleading trophy, which was, like, a Little League-type cheerleading mini-football situation. Yes. And then I think I had, like, a T-ball trophy. So, I was the pitcher. Right. I was the pitcher. Uh, great. <laughs> great. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, 
I don't want to get too much into the trophy thing because I know we're definitely going to get into that like, yeah. in another okay. segment. But I will say that, like, in a situation like this, when it's a school environment and the teachers just don't want to deal with kids. Or their parents. Or their parents. So they automatically give them higher grades so they don't have to. That's just setting them up for just, like, career failure. Well, isn't that setting up basically the entire country for failure? If you're, like, not educating the future population because you're afraid of what they might say? Remember what I said about, like, the next generation being, like, the leaders of the world? Yeah. I don't want that. Well, you can't help it. (laughs) They're going to incorrectly spell their way right into the White House eventually. (laughs) That's just the way it is, according to the Urban Dictionary. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, it's absolutely crazy to think that, you know, teachers would just push kids through. No. Over the... All right, so here's, here's another thought. Another thought would be that teachers would in violent schools push certain kids through so that they don't have to deal with them get rid of the threat just sure, automatically sure. push them through or expel them or whatever they got to do just yeah to just to, to get them, them out of their hair right but if these kids are halfway behaved why wouldn't you want to see them at some point succeed in life like isn't that the whole reason that like you become a teacher because you wouldn't actually enjoy being around kids no a lot of people become teachers so that they can have the summer off a lot of people. I know a lot of teachers. I know a lot of bad teachers. I know a lot of bad teachers. I know some very good teachers, definitely. But I also know, I would say the majority of teachers if that I know, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying everybody, because I'm sure there's schools out there who hire like the cream of the crop, and that sure. whole school is like, you know, running like a machine. But the majority of teachers that I know are from public schools, and if you ask them why they became a teacher, the majority, the overwhelming majority will say... Because they wanted summers off. Sure. And that was the draw, which is like a horrible way to pick a job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, where's the passion? Like, I understand, like, okay, who wouldn't want summers off? But, like, I wouldn't want to work a job I hated just to have three months off or two and a half months off. Like, that's just stupid. I don't know. Three months off does sound pretty good, though. It does. It really does. (laughs) So the other uh, topic that the Urban Dictionary, like, touched on was... The Urban Dictionary's views on millennials in the workplace. I thought this was really kind of funny because it's almost written in like a little story format. Okay. I'm listening. And then I think you and I have a little bit to say about this as well. (laughs) I'm sure we will. So, at the workplace, millennial believes themselves to be overachievers who just aren't understood by their loser bosses. (laughs) Even mom said so when she showed up for the interview. They are the only generation (laughs) in the universe to understand the concept of work-life balance and to actually want to find a fulfilling career. All those Generation X losers just don't get it with hoping to keep their jobs and pay the bills, but they are just corporate drones. So who cares what they think? They should be smart like millennials and get mom and dad to pay for that stuff until they can work out what they want to do with their lives and then go get rich doing it. That sums up pretty much a a whole lot of millennial work situations that I've been involved in. I loved the part where it was like mom when mom showed up for the interview. I could so see my mother like coming in like every time I've ever had a problem with anybody. My mom's like. 
do you want me to talk to them? And it's like, no, I don't want you to talk to them. <laughs> so like, am I a millennial or am I Gen X that these people hate so much? I'd like to think that I'm Gen. I think I'm Gen X, right? I feel like you're on the cusp. Mm. You are on the cusp. I... But I feel like you, because you're on the cusp, your parents are old enough to have kicked your ass so that you do oh, not yeah. turn out like that. Yeah. I mean, my God. And that's the key, because, I mean, all right, so... Yeah, because, I mean, like, I grew up in a time when it was, like, child abuse wasn't, like, a thing yet. Like, it wasn't, like, a... It wasn't, a like, a movement, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, it was just starting, and I remember this one time, my mom did... <laughs> she did spank me, because I was doing... I was being very bad, apparently, and she spanked me, and <laughs> I pushed my chair up against the wall because we had like a phone that was like in the middle of the wall because like you know there were no cell phones so it was like a landline and it was like a rotary phone that was like on like a in what? the middle a rotary phone like you know like a dial phone google it and see what we used to have to live with and it took forever to dial because like you'd have to dial like all those numbers and be like shing 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 so i reached out and i started to call because like they started to run like psa commercials for like are you being abused and, like, they'd show, like, little kids that, like, looked like you. And they were getting, like, beat up by their parents and stuff. And I remember <laughs> she spanked me and I, pushed the <laughs> and I pushed the chair up against the wall and dialed the number that was on the screen. And she's like, what are you, do what are you doing? And I was like, 287 and then, like, whatever, like, the other number was. And she's like, what? And she, like, yanks the phone away from me. And boy, did I get it for that. <laughs> you got it good. I got it, but good. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about millennials in the workplace a little bit. Let's talk yes, about let's. So I know that you have worked with a bunch of yes, millennials. Yes, yes. I've worked alongside them. I've had them report to me. And, you know, it's weird because I'm working with people who I would say are, are millennial. Like, I would say that they are definitely like textbook millennial age like within the well within the realm and they are so accomplished and like it's so impressive because the millennials that I had been with like before I reached this group and I hope I'm not like offending anybody who might listen to the show by calling them that because I'm sure some of them you know really don't take kindly to that word or anything like that but like <laughs> they don't take kindly to that word <laughs> we don't like you folks around here bots because it doesn't have like the same ring as like gen x like generation x was just like bam like well anything with an x in it yeah cool. like it's just like yeah like, even Vin Diesel was a cool triple X, for Christ's sakes. I'm not going to condone that comment. Whatever. I'm going to not. Like, that was all Tom. <laughs> that is not a joint high-regard show opinion. If that was just called some spy movie with, you know, Vin Diesel, it would I not have been have seen nearly it. as good as triple X. Nor would sure. I have seen it. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, but, yeah. But, like, and, like, it's such a refreshing it's such a refreshing thing to see because the, because, you know, I've been around, like I'm not a spring chicken. So like the millennials that I had worked with previously were just like, okay, I got this full-time job. I'm going to sit here and I have a story to write, but I'm going to sit on my phone all day and then be like, Oh wait, I have to write this article or like, you know, oh, I and know. it's just like the work <laughs> ethic is so completely different. And 
I'm a pretty, like, and like we had said, like, you know, I'm a pretty driven person. You know, if I have a job, like, that's what I'm doing. Like, I throw my all into something. And it's just, like, and it's awesome to be around people that are like that, too. Yes. You know, but some of the other people were just like, they just want the easy way out. And it pisses me off so much. Well, I think this is what the the whole pissed offness comes from, is that, in, in all honesty, we all want the easy way out. But I think at some point, like I said, it goes back to our parents who said, no, there is no easy way out. No one's giving you shit. There is no participation trophy for you because we can't afford it. And if you want to ever get a trophy for anything, you got to work hard for it because that's just a metaphor for life in general. Yeah, because and if I may add an addendum to the trophy conversation that we had before, those trophies that I had were because we won. Like we won our mini football Super Bowl. Like, that's why I have that little cheerleader stand on top of that little gold football. So, like, we won our baseball tournament or our softball tournament, you know? So it was like, you won something. Like, you earned it. We earned that trophy, and it was, like, cool that we have that. It wasn't like, okay, like, here's your small trophy, and then the team that beat you gets, like, a slightly bigger one, but not too big so that you can't notice it unless you put them side by side. You know? It's just, (laughs) like, it's just funny, like, how... It just seems like like a lot of the people that we've run into are just like, well, I'm doing this job. I'm giving it like the I'm giving half a day's work. Why am I not getting paid more? Why am I not getting paid more? And it's like, I've been in this business forever. So it's like, why am I not getting paid more? Because that's what it is right now, you know? Oh, yeah. I notice people that have just basically come into the workforce who are making as much as I am. Because today's workplace is about, like, this job pays this much. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much experience that you have. So if you know somebody and you got your job or you somehow finagled your way into a job, or maybe you really had good work and you, like, got the job. And you only, you know, maybe it's your first job out of school. And, right. and I have the same title, having worked for, you know, over 25 years. Guess what? We're making almost the same amount of money by the end of the day. Yeah. Because that's the way corporations are structured these days. Because even they don't want to deal with the f- backlash from, I guess, you know, this. how come these both these people have the same title, regardless of experience, but one person gets paid more than the other? I think it's their way of being even a parent po- and just saying... You all get paid this yeah. much if this is They're your just title. evening the playing field. Right. Because especially because, you know, people like us, like, we have been around and we've seen our industries change. So, you know, these kids are coming out of school and, like, I started out in print. You started out not even having Photoshop, you know, or, like, having the very, like, beginning, the very early stages of Photoshop. Yes, yeah, just a rock and a chisel. Exactly. See? <laughs> On a cave dwelling. <laughs> Fine. Here's an ad, like, etched into a cave. <laughs> I was going for more the Renaissance period, but you go back to cave period. Okay. That's fine, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. But, I mean, I, and I came from an industry where we were still working with, like, you know, the silver... Like, the, the metal discs and stuff for print. So it's, like, in just 10 years, I've seen it go from, like, looking at things like that, proofing on silver tins to proofing on a page and hitting send, and it goes right to the press, you know? Like, yeah. it's very interesting how, like, so we still have that fresh. Like, they're not even learning 
like the shitty tools that we learned on in school, like Quark, like nobody, my teacher the other day, because I, I'm taking an advertising class, my teacher said Quark, and I was like, oh, what? You know it? They're, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I haven't heard that word in like forever. He's like, how do you know that? And I'm like, because that's what we used to design our paper in. And this one girl. Mm, let's get into her because yes, I know she's your, one of your favorite She is of the one moment. of my favorite <laughs> classmates. Girl's such an asshole. Like, she really is. And (laughs) she really, truly is. And she was like, what's that? Like, what is that? Like, and she said it, like, all, like, like, instead of being like, what what is that? She was like, what is that? Because she just has to be, everything has to be, like, bullshit with her. Well, let's talk about her for a minute. Because, I mean, if somebody just questions, like, what is that? It may come across mean, even though it's not. So maybe it's misinterpreted. Why do you think... That she bothers you so much. Because she has no respect. Like, she doesn't respect anything or anybody. So, like, we'll be in class and she'll be like, like, everybody will be like, like, we'll be focusing on, like, one person's project. And the teachers will be talking to him because we have two teachers. And then she'll just, like, interject with a question about, like, whatever. Or, like, if they're talking, like, she has to talk over everybody. Like, she constantly has to be the center of attention. And it's like... We're not here to listen to you. And, like, it, it's just so annoying. Related to the subject? She's interrupting with Sometimes, things, like, sometimes she is. like, she, Or she'll just be, like, they're, like, critiquing somebody's project. And then she'll be like, are we able to, like, put this up next week? And it's like, there's a time <laughs> and a place. But, like, the thing is, is, like, she doesn't have that register of, I'm going to think about what I'm going to say. She just... I have a thought, I'm going to say it. And it's not like, and like, it's so funny because the teachers have made several like subtle comments to her. Like, stop being yourself was pretty much like the, the blatant, like just stop being yourself, which is like their way of saying like, shut up without saying shut up. Then they actually wrote the word listen down on the board three times, right? So L-I-S-T-E-N. And they're like, yes, what is an what is like a word that you could make you what is it like an anagram or whatever is that what like when there's like a word within a word yeah i think it's like an anagram and they were like what are some like what's another word that you can use that you can say using these letters and listen and everybody was like silent (laughs) and it was like they're making like all these things and it's like they can't just come out and say, stop talking. Why, though? Does it go back to the thing that we were talking about before where teachers just like, you know what? We have to curve your grade up because we just don't want to listen to the shit about, like, a bad review. I mean, this is a college course. It's not a high school course. These right. guys actually want to be there. It's not, you know. And they they're brutal. Like, jobs. I think if they wanted to be brutal, they would because they are absolutely brutal when it comes to critique. But, like, they keep telling us, like, it's business. It's business. It's not personal. And, like, I'm able to handle that because I've been through that my whole career. Right. You know? So it's like, okay, like, you can't be a writer or an editor and not be able to handle critique. Like, sure, it'll sting, but you're like, in the end, you're usually like, you know what? Like this person is senior to me. They're right. Like they didn't get to there without knowing things. So like, I've had some pretty harsh editors and I've always learned from them. But like this girl, when she gets a critique, she sits there and argues. And it's like, you are 20 years old. You don't know everything. I am 18 years your senior. And I don't know everything. Well, I will tell you, coming from the advertising world, 
why these guys are not just slamming our head against the wall at this why? point in time. Because it is the advertising and marketers of the world who basically understands the millennial more than anybody. It's like that, you know, who's that woman? Jane Goodall who goes out and like with the plays with the gorillas? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. <laughs> advertising and marketing people are like the Jane Goodall of the millennial generation because they the millennial generation are the driving force of the economy now these days. So they have to understand them. So even though like in the old days, going back to Gen X's, which is not all that old. Right. I remember going into my first advertising design class, the very first one. And at the end of the class, keeping up with everybody. I was the second youngest person in the program at the time, and my teacher walked up to me and said at the end of the class, I just want to let you know, whether you do good or not in this class, you're not passing it. And I couldn't understand for the life of me why. Like just based on one class? Yep. And I walked out of the classroom, and I was waiting to talk to the dean of the school to Mm -hmm. find out like what the hell I had to do to get away from this psychopath. And he came in and he walked past me and he saw me sitting there and he goes, if you're looking for a transfer, it's probably a good idea because I'm telling you, you will not pass my class because you are not old enough to handle what's about to come your way. And he goes and says, if you go out there at your age, you are going to get annihilated in the field. And he goes and says, I'm doing you a favor by telling you I'm failing you up front. Take the class later on in your life and then you'll be able to handle but it. But like if it was part of your program... But I think the program that I was in had a lot more older people. Like I w- when I went into the program, I went in at age 18 mm-hmm. and the average age of the class was like 29. So, so were I mean, these people so what did these people go to school for? These people were coming back and like taking like their masters in advertising design or whatever looking back now it was like oh why would you even want a master's like just get whatever you can and get the hell out and start working right because experience is the best and like that's a thing too where it's like like for a long time it seemed like education was like okay everything like oh i went here oh i went here like i see that that's coming back again and it's like oh where did you go to school oh where did you go to school i went here well i went here and it's like yeah but what experience do you have well, again, it goes back to the it goes back to the fact that the generation Xers worked very, very hard. They built up a savings for themselves because the generation before them, meaning like my parents, they worked hard their whole lives and didn't really end up with a lot by the time mm-hmm. it was all said and done. They wound up with enough to get by, enough to help with college, enough to help put us on the path where we needed to go, but not much left for them when it was over. Mm-hmm. Whereas We now went and said, well, what we're going to do is we are going to work our asses off, try to put something away and make a better life. But where we went and made the wrong turn was we didn't make a better life for ourselves as much as we made a very cushy life for our kids, which is what basically took the bottom out of like that whole millennial thing. Now, again, it's not every single millennial that, you know, adheres to this ideology but if you look at it it makes a lot of sense because these guys were given so much and like i going back to what i was saying the the marketing people in the world the advertisers the marketers they all know because we are of the same group 
of those parents who gave these kids everything. Mm -hmm. So we can kind of relate to them. We made those monsters. So way to go, people! Way to go, breeders! Yeah. And I'm talking to you too. Uh, yeah, 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 I know. My kids don't get shit, so that's just the way it is. They'll get knocked around. Like I go by old school, like teachings. But I think, like you know, your teachers in your class, they understand that if they were to walk up to this girl in your class and say, "Listen, you don't know how to shut up, and I'm failing you because of this." She would just like walk out and take another class and find a way to pass. So it looks bad for them if she drops out. But they rip on they rip on millennials all the time. And it pisses like everybody else in the class off but me because I'm like one of the only ones that's not really a millennial. But when you say rip on them, are you saying like enough to piss them off? So that they go home and grumble and maybe like say, I'm going to prove this guy wrong. So they're working hard. Or is it a little bit of both where I would abuse a millennial to the point where, you know, I and, and again, in a work situation, like back when I was in charge of more people and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I didn't give a shit if you cried. Like if you if you fuck something up and and you had to have me come and like deal with whatever it was that you screwed up, my my goal was to make you cry because I wanted you to never ever do that again. <laughs> Where now, if I was to do that, oh my god, you'd be fired. Group, I would be in a lawsuit. Yeah. I would be sued. But there was a time where you'd be able to do this, and people would say it's motivation. It's going to get me going, and I will never, ever let this guy make me cry again. Yeah. Where this new group will turn around and say... You don't get to talk to me like that. I was so distressed, and, you know, you're the cause of it. So you making it a hostile work environment. And then it's kind of like, all right, well, we can do things your way and let it take double the time. Because you know so much better than me. True. So maybe that's one of the reasons why your teachers would do it, which is probably one of the reasons why I don't teach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably <laughs> it's probably a good thing. And like it's so funny because like they constantly like it, it's almost like they treat us like like a parent with like a special kid. They're like you bring this notebook. This is the exact kind of notebook that you're supposed to bring. And everything is like there's little like rules and stuff which i really like because i i follow rules i do for the most part i'm a rule follower like i because i do love being in school like i absolutely love being back in school all right and then it's like you're not supposed to do this you're not this is how you're supposed to like you draw your ads this is how you're supposed to do this this is how we do this and it's like they they can't handle it like you give them a restriction and it's like oh, I didn't think you really meant that. And it's like, well, we wouldn't have said it if we didn't mean it. Because we're, like, I'm used to, like, okay, I'm told to do something, I'm going to do it. It's not like, oh, if I don't think about it, it just goes away because la, 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 you know? I can't tell you how many times I've walked through our mall area across the bridge or downtown and midtown and have actually heard parents say, why don't we do this? As opposed to, Cut the shit. Because yeah. it's not a it's there's no threatened factor involved. There's always reasoning, like you have to reason. You have to reason. 
And I can understand it to a point where you want the kid who's, you know, fucking around on an escalator where you'd be like, oh, well, let me explain to you why so that you don't do this again in the future. But in the same respect, at the moment is when you grab your kid and you pull him off the escalator and you say, cut the shit. Right. And scare them so that they realize, like, all right, you know, this is a scary thing. I shouldn't be doing this because if I'm doing this alone, I can always remember that time my dad pulled me off of it. So obviously it's something sure. scary. But after you get to the top of the escalator and you're, you know, walking down the street, you could say, hey, you know, the reason why we don't do this is because you're going to get sucked into the escalator and killed. <laughs> Which is one of the, you know. Has anyone ever really been sucked into an escalator and killed? I don't know. I feel I, like that's an urban legend parents use to make their kids behave. I will tell you, an escalator is dangerous. When I was very, very young, my uncle Eugene and I were in a mall, and it was, it was a shitty mall in Long Island, and there was a Gertz there, which I don't even think what? exists. Gertz. <laughs> it's like a like a. Like a lower end Macy's type of thing. Is it I, was it spelled G E R T S? G E R T Z. Damn it. So I don't think it exists anymore. I think it's completely gone. But this might be the reason why, because of the major lawsuit. My uncle Eugene and I my uncle Eugene, um, a little bit slow. So I mean, he was able to learn and stuff like that, but he probably you know, he wasn't all completely there sure. and stuff. And uh he used to be my partner in Every single crime committed as a kid, <laughs> he was always there for that. And I remember, like, standing at the bottom of the escalator next to him and seeing just a red button and saying, what would you think would happen if I pressed it? And he says, let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> so in a packed mall during the holiday seasons, I pressed that red button and watched, like, a domino effect of people fall oh, over. Oh, <laughs> my God, you did not. We did, and then we had to have my mom come because they realized Uncle Eugene didn't have the mental capacity of an adult quite really, so they needed a real adult to come, and neither of us knew my house phone number. So we had to, like, look it up in the phone book, and <laughs> I think he's the one who knew how to spell my last name because I was that young. Cause uh, I wait, I'm sorry, a phone book? What's that? There was a, <laughs> I know, used to be I a book <laughs> a long time ago. Which <laughs> oh, my God. So, I mean, you know, having done that, my, I remember my mom freaking out. She didn't explain to me why it was dangerous to breast a red button. She was like, you're going to get your ass kicked because you breast a red button. And <laughs> you figure out why. Why do you think it was a bad idea that you did that? Like, you have to be able to think for yourselves. And I think that parents jumping in and saying, let me explain this for you. Like hovering, like hover parents. I feel like that could be like a whole other topic. Yeah, but I I feel like they're the reason. Like, that's where it starts. It starts at home because they're the reasons that this group doesn't think for itself. Because they weren't smacked in back of the head and like, I'm going to hit you if you do this. <laughs> so you figure out why. And then you think for yourself and you become dependent and you become more aware of your surroundings. If somebody's always telling you, we don't do this because of this, they think they're teaching you. But unless you're memorizing everything right. they say, you ain't learning shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I've had like younger friends that like can't make a decision for themselves. Like they just can't. And it's like you cannot open 
a forum for every single situation that happens because like you're never going to live a life. Right. Like, I mean, sure, like, I've, you know, pitched things to you or to, like, you know, other friends or family and stuff. But, like, at the end of the day, like, it's nine times out of ten. It's, like, a decision that, like, you know what? Yeah, like, this is the right decision. Like, you have to be able to make decisions for yourself. Yeah, but if somebody's always making your decisions for you or telling you the reasons why things are right or wrong as opposed to figuring them out yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. When that group of people is gone and no longer telling you what to do, how are you going to survive? You're not. Unless you live in a dormitory style. Because then you can all tell each other what to do. And the weird thing about that story was when we were reading it. So are they going to be like 60 years old and like living, crawling like their geriatric ass up a a ladder of like a bunk bed? (laughs) (laughs) Can you even imagine like this like... (laughs) <laughs> this like old man in like skin tight jeans <laughs> in like twenty fifty two is like crawling up this like dorms like dorm style bunk bed. Oh my god! And then they get up there and they press the button and the bed reclines because it's an old hospital bed, but on like <laughs> two levels. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. That like, would be something to see. Yeah. Uh, we we let things really get out of hand, I think, with, like, our kids is basically what it came down to. Like, my generation basically took the easy way out. Bullying was the worst thing in the world. But in the way, it, being bullied Mm-mm. taught me how to fight for shit. Like, yeah. And I would never, ever want that to be part of any kids growing up. But it's kind of crazy when kids get in trouble for, you know, calling another kid a name to the point of detention or suspension right. because they want to nip bullying in the bud. Like, and you're never, like, and I mean, as horrible as it as it is, it's never going to stop because kids are assholes. Like, yeah. they they were assholes when you were a kid. They were assholes when I was a kid. And they're going to be through, it, it's just evolution. Yeah, and what scares me about this whole group is, is that the people that the schools are suppressing and saying, like, hey, you know what? You can't talk to somebody bad. One day they're going to become adults and realize they could say whatever the fuck they want and they're going to snap. And then you're going to get situations like shooters outside of clinics because they don't agree with like the politics or like the goings on inside those clinics. And they're going to be able to justify it in their minds like going, no, I listened to everything up to this point in time and it was all a lie because it is all a lie. Life is shit, man. Life is awful. You have to take your lumps. It's what it is. And if you're lucky along the way, you get a couple of good things thrown in. Yeah. And then, like, that's what makes it. Like, you get home and you're happy to be home. You have a home that you like with people that you love. That's what it is, man. Like, (laughs) there's no, like, sure, you could do something that's, like, like, you know, we all want to do something that serves a higher purpose because it seems like they're a very, like, giving back generation, which is awesome. But, like... I don't know. Like, I don't know where I was going with that. You really lost it. I did. Like, I had like, and then like, I was just like, you know what? I don't care anymore. (laughs) In the end, I really have to say that these guys, they just have to realize that the life that they're being taught isn't real life. Nobody's, nothing's going to get handed to you. Nothing. No one's going to give you a trophy when you're 35 years old to say you did a great job at work this week. And you know what? And, like, if you find a place that is cool like that, 
Like, that's great. Like, there are places like that. But, like, not every place is going to be like that. So, like, when you find places like that, appreciate them. Why don't we get to a couple of questions? Because I did, like I said, write up a couple of questions for you this week. Quiz me. Quiz away. uh, Let's see what you know about some millennial statistics from Pew Research. Ooh. Mm, We're going to classy this bitch up right now. We are classy. So, Nikki, let me ask you, what percentage of millennials consider themselves politically affiliated? 20%, 50%, or 70%? I'm going to say 70%. Consider themselves politically affiliated. Meaning like they have, like, that they believe in a political party. Yes. Or they, they stand behind a political party person. Yes. I say 70 in this day and age. <laughs> It's 50 consider themselves politically affiliated, which means 50% of the people just don't really give a shit about politics. But 50% do. (laughs) Well, that's great. At least half the country will be safe going forward. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On to the next one. What percentage of millennials post selfies? 25%. (laughs) 55%. 65% or more? 65%. 65%. No. God damn it. It is 55% of all millennials have posted a selfie to social media sites versus this is a this is a very interesting like I don't like percentages. 20% of generation Xers have posted a selfie to social media sites. This is the narcissist society that we're building. Like, we're telling our kids, you guys are so beautiful, you should post selfies. Oh, my God, please. I don't even want to. I don't even want to begin that discussion because this podcast will be like eight hours long. Go on Instagram and look at some no, of the I know. ugly sons of bitches <laughs> that are posting <laughs> selfies right now. Like, there are people who post oh them who really shouldn't, which is the reason why I don't post selfies because I'm just like, I know people don't want to see me. They want to see, Stop like, it. you know. The model-esque people of the internet. And then you kind of look at, you know, some of these other people and you're like, did you not get the memo on that? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Having a, Seeing how many cheese doodles fit into your mouth and then taking a picture <laughs> is not what the rest of the internet world wants to see and salivate over. <laughs> Moving right along. On average, how many texts do millennials send a day? Oh, is this like an open-ended question? Oh, I was like waiting for a... No, I couldn't possibly... How many, on average? Texts do they send per day? I'm going to say 150, at least. You you actually way, way overshot on that one. Did I really? You would think, but I mean, think about it. 150 texts a day would be like a book at the end of every day. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like, we have... 50. Five zero. 50 because, I mean, you know, we talk a lot during the day, and it's just like, hey, what's up? Not much, just busy. Like, But if you count those up, I bet you it's probably like 12 each. Maybe. Because, I mean, think about it. Because they're separated by hours. Because, I mean, we got Then we what are they work. doing? They all have their phones in front of their face. What the fuck are they doing all day then? Posting selfies and texting. God damn it. We just went over it in the last two questions. All day? Every day. All day long, because all you ever see is just phones in faces. 
it's crazy, but it's society that we become. And I know I'm addicted to my phone as well. Oh, you are. I'm. I definitely am. And but a lot of it is research for the show. It's you know <laughs> mm-hmm. going on and checking out like our show social media mm-hmm. site. I've basically abandoned all my social media sites since we started this project. So you haven't in the past two days. Yeah. Or even in the past twenty four hours shared. Not one dog video. Dogs are different. Dogs get my respect. <laughs> dogs will always, get, dogs will always have my respect and admiration. Mm-hmm. And no matter what I can do to help the dog society, I will be there for them. <laughs> on to the next question. <laughs> <clears throat> Based on research using the years nineteen seventy eight to two thousand, right? Nineteen seventy eight to two thousand. Yes. How many millennials do you think are estimated to be in the United States? Oh my God, Tom, I don't know. 76 million. 76 million millennials? That's right. That's right. That's a whole lot of millennials. That's a lot. Yeah. How many people are in the United States? I don't even know. Like, 76 million seems like 76 million to me. Like, I have no concept of numbers. I think it's more in the billions. Like, like the for people, the U.S. People. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's a... Uh... Is that something I should know? Like, is that a statistic I should be aware of? How I many think... people are in the United States? Considering we do this show, it might be beneficial. Especially <laughs> when we throw these numbers out. But I yeah, mean, but you're you know. the researcher. Oh, my God. I'm only the researcher because you got other stuff going on. Otherwise, you're the real researcher. I do love to research. When I'm doing the research, this is what you get. Bare bones. <laughs> All right? You're happy? Yeah, but see, if I did the research, I would get into a wormhole, and I would still be researching it, and we wouldn't be talking about it, because I'd be like, well, wait, I found this. Oh, look at this. <laughs> oh, are we lucky? <laughs> Your final question? Give it to me. Again, from the Pew Research Survey conducted in 2012, what percentage of millennials... Felt they could trust others. It's open-ended, by the way. Oh, goddammit. What percentage felt that they could trust others? Mm-hmm. I do feel like they're a very trustworthy generation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they've been pretty basic up until now. So I'm mm-hmm. going to say, like, in the 50s. So what you're saying is over 50% of millennials yeah. trust yeah, others. Yeah, I'm going to say that, like... Like, it's between 50 and 60%. Like, that's that's all that I'm going to give. You're giving me open-ended. I'm giving you slightly open-ended. I'm going to say you're completely wrong. 19%. Only 19%. 19% say that they trust others, which is kind of ridiculous considering that they are the future and they don't even trust themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and it's good because, I mean, there was, in the research, there was definitely, like, some talk about them not being able to trust the government and not being able to trust religion and other things. True. But they've built up so many walls, according to psychologists who are partaking in, like, surveys based on millennial behavior, that um, they're screwing themselves, man, because they're (laughs) taking away their trust, um by not believing in these things they're so they're basically building walls there they're living in group situations so they're not making decisions to themselves so they're not building personal identities i mean there was a lot of different things that came up as far as like the scientific ramifications of the millennial culture 
So if you think the country's in trouble now, just wait a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Wait until the old people that are running for office now. Wait about two more elections, and then let's see where we are. Yeah, it'll be interesting, because I feel like that's when Kanye runs, right? So that should be uh, very, very interesting. <laughs> <sighs> and that just deflated my balloon. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, if that deflated your balloon, let's just get to the history of the millennials in a little segment called Did You Know? Did you know? Nikki. Tom. Did you know that Neil Howard and William Strauss coined the term millennial generation back in 1989? I did not. I don't even know who they are. Well, there you go. They wrote a book. They were... um, (laughs) They were the guys who coined the term to describe the age group that spans from about 1982 to 2004. Hmm. They lived, this group, the millennials, lived during a huge cultural change in how to nurture children's. It was the era of the baby on board stickers. Oh, dear God. Cocooning and overprotective kids. Oh my god, the baby on board. Like I remember watching some kind of comedy show where somebody was like, "Oh yeah, your baby on board. Yeah, I'm not going to hit you now. Like now I actually want to hit you." <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who that was. I wish I could remember. Well, aside from that, in 2008, Ron Alsop called millennials trophy kids. <gasps> this is in 2008, mind you. This was becoming a thing. A term that reflects a trend in competitive sports as well as many other aspects of life where mere participation is frequent enough for a reward. I didn't realize that it was like that long ago because, I mean, yeah, that's like seven years and it just seems like this seems to be like a helicopter term that's kind of... Wait, I don't even know what that means, helicopter term. Would I just make that up? I think you just made up a thing. So you can coin that term. And when somebody says something ridiculous, you could be like, that's just a helicopter term. Maybe I can make a noise. You can. I feel like you better like get out there and let people know about the helicopter term. Is that a helicopter? I don't even know. Not in this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing like the one from Magnum. Moving on. Millennials are... Also, the last generation of the 20th century. Thank God. (laughs) You just dropped paper like it was a drops mic. They're the last generation of the 20th century? Yep. That's what the the final hurrah of the 20th century will be known for. Is that the generation that had, like, you know, World War II veterans? Or is that, like... Yeah, that's the century that had, like, the greatest generation, and then you poop out with millennials. Way to go, world. We got tired. We just (laughs) got tired. We had a bunch of wars in our (laughs) day. It got to the point where it was like, just give everyone a goddamn A so we don't have to listen to their (laughs) stupid parents coming to school and complaining all the time. And that, my dear, is this week's Did You Know? Did You Know? So in wrapping up, I guess, you know, whatever the future holds will not be held by us. Thank God, man. I'm going to be living in a cave in Ireland. That's where I'll be. (laughs) There'll be nothing. There'll be nothing left by the time it's, you know, we're able to, like, get out of work and not have to do that anymore because, you know, 
We are depleting every single resource we have at this point in time at such vast, vast rates. We really are. And it's weird because you got, like, certain people who will work their asses off and the rest of it who will just reap the reward from it. And it's, you know, it's getting frustrated. Maybe it's time for another revolution in this country. Maybe. Yeah, it'll be like old people versus young people. They'll bring their iPhones and we'll bring clubs. We'll see who wins. Yep. I bet my Louisville slugger will take on your <laughs> iPhone. You sure that the first aid app wouldn't be able to fix any like damage you could possibly do to these people? <laughs> oh, man. So that was this week's High Regard Show. Indeed it was, Tom. Find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Be sure to check us out on highregardshow.com and on all social media at High Regard Show. And if you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to bitch about, you know, whatever we talked about tonight because you're a millennial or somebody who disagrees with us, screw you, uh, <laughs> feel free to uh, write us at highregardshow at gmail.com. Come at us, bros. Yeah, man. We can take it. <laughs> <laughs> bring your wine box. We'll bring a bottle. Let's see who wins. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.